Welcome to the Nopalera podcast, a place where I share the journey of building my company from the ground up, as well as the stories of others in our community. I am your host, Sandra Velasquez, founder of Nopalera, a culture-forward brand that celebrates and elevates culture. Aside from making great products, we are cultural storytellers with a mission to inspire our community to stand in their worth. In this podcast, you will hear a mix of solo and guest episodes around the entrepreneurial realities of building a company. I launched Nopalera from my Brooklyn apartment with no outside funding while working three jobs, raising my child in the middle of the pandemic at the age of 44. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I hope it inspires you to live boldly. Yeah, it's a great question that I think a lot of founders... We obviously have followed your story from day one. But it really is helping our own brands when we're helping other brands. This year, you are going to hear a new series of conversations where I provide live mentorship to other entrepreneurs in our community. One of our core values at Nopalera is courage is contagious. I created this podcast as an extension of these values to provide access, transparency, and therefore inspire others, and I'm talking to you, live their best lives while building. Between the ages of 20 and 40, I wished for a mentor, and I never really found one until a few years ago. So as they say, become what you wished you had. Part one of our mentorship series features Jamila, Irene, and Crystal. Jamila is the founder of Ocean Olive, a natural eczema skincare brand for babies and families that is mindful of the skin's microbiome. Irene is the founder of Plantas Medicinas, an Ayurvedic beauty and wellness brand that is elevating the shampoo bar experience. And Crystal Flores is the founder of Soy Latina Candles, a non-toxic home and body brand that elevates spaces through aromatic fragrances. We are going to cover topics like building community and brand awareness, pre and post launch advice, and the discomfort of reaching out to retailers. Nowadays, it's like we need people to keep it real. To keep it real. To keep it real. Hi, Jamila. Welcome to the Novaleta Podcast. How are you? Hi, Sandra. I'm so good. Thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity. This is so amazing. So question number one is, what is the best way to build community on social media pre-launch and then post-launch? Specifically Instagram. Yes, great question. Instagram is where we built our community first. So we're familiar with that platform the most, I would say. And some of my answers might come back to you as questions because when you're building a community, people want to know, like, how do I get followers? How do I get people to pay attention? How do I bring these people to me? And it's really a you first situation. So like my question is really for you, like Jimmy, how are you going to show up for your community that you want to build? And why are they going to be attracted to you? Like what value are you providing them that's going to bring them to you like a magnet? So I know that you have like a very specific brand that solves a specific problem, right? Uh-huh. And what is your plan to like start showing up and providing that value to people aside from just pictures, right? Because there's lots of people that just post pictures, but that doesn't necessarily attract people to you. So what is that value that you're going to provide to your people? Right, right. So I just started my Instagram in September of last year. Mm-hmm. So the brand is about eczema, right? Yeah, a lot of people have that. Right, exactly. Specifically, moms and babies. So it's like mm. a mommy and baby brand, but an eczema brand for families. Mm-hmm. So not only can the baby use it, but more than likely brother will have it or mom will have it or dad will have it. So it's a product basically that everyone in the family can use. And so I post a lot of information, new information mm-hmm. about 
research and the microbiome. And so our products are specifically targeted towards the microbiome. But that's what I do. And then I also post pictures of mommy and baby having fun because eczema can be an interruption in your life. So the brand is to kind of help you enjoy those simple moments without having eczema be that interruption. And so I was just thinking of something because I went to your page, I saw the post and the information, you're posting a lot of great information. What do you think about the idea of actually connecting with your customers and having them create some content for you, showing your product in use so that we can actually see it in real life? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just you Mm -hmm. creating the content, but like you want your customers to be your biggest evangelists that show people here's the before picture, here's the after picture. And I think for skincare, especially people do want to see before and after pictures. Right. I would ask or suggest like maybe plans to connect with your top customers, you know, and you can create a poll in your stories. Would you be willing to share a picture or a video of like your before and after pictures after using our product. And we'd love to give you like a gift card in exchange. You know, you're asking for something, but you also want to give them something back. Or maybe you send them a free product. Or if you have sample sizes, you know, you can do that too. But reward them with something for giving you something that you can also repurpose. Just having that conversation, because community is just a conversation amongst a group of people, ultimately. You're making them feel seen. You're making them feel understood Mm -hmm. and understanding what they are using now that is working. Or if it's not working, like, why is it not working? Because that's where your product comes in to solve that problem. Right. Every product is just a solution to a problem. Uh You know, there's lots of big legacy brands out there that are trying to conquer eczema, like CeraVe and Eucerin and, you know, all of these things. Right, right. Right. But who exactly is your customer? Like if we're just going after like mothers who have small children? Uh Is it a specific type of mother? Like, you know what I mean? Like what's the positioning is also really important to start to, you have this great amount of time to really prepare this while you're doing the testing. Right. I spent like nine months working on the brand. And by the brand, I don't mean the logo. I mean the positioning, right? Like how are you going to stand out from like the CeraVe and the Eucerins of the world, you know? Question number two is what is the best way to increase brand awareness pre-launch and then post-launch? I guess it kind of piggybacks mm-hmm. off of question number one, mm-hmm. you know, which is building the community. Yeah. And then question number two is brand awareness. Yes, they definitely go hand in hand. And kind of back to my mm-hmm. earlier point about making your customers into your brand evangelists. It's so much more economical to give a free sample away to a customer and they fall in love with it. And then they want to tell other people mm-hmm. versus you having to pay to acquire customers. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And so the community just snowballs and it doesn't matter. Like if you start with 10 people, Uh don't think that it has to be this big number. It's really about that real connection because word of mouth is still, and will always be the best form of advertising. Everything else is like on top to fuel the fire, but don't you take recommendations from your friends first before you take recommendations from anywhere else, you know, about this restaurant or like anything, you know, this doctor, Uh right. I'm always looking to people that I trust first. And so if you're targeting mothers with young children Where do those mothers hang out? Like, do you need to call some yoga studios and do a little pop-up? Do you need to Mm -hmm. reach out to, there's so many new mom groups. I mean, I'm a mom, so I remember those days when I was part of mom groups. Right. And so finding them on Facebook or Eventbrite or wherever, I mean, they exist. And this is a market, let's be honest, that is always constantly regenerating. Like babies are being born every single day. There's always new moms every single day. And so going to where they are, 
and meeting them there, that is going to be a great tool. And so I would just start making a list of like all the places where your people are and how can you go there? Obviously start locally. You don't need to get on an airplane. You know what I mean? Just start locally and start showing up. And that's how you're also going to build brand awareness too, because on the ground marketing is still a great way before billboards or anything else, you know, like showing up where people are, even big brands do that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, right, right. In person, right. in person stuff. That's what I would do. Okay. Of course, there's all the other stuff too, right? Like if you want to talk about advertising and those things, I think for a product like yours, it's super important to have like the before and after because people want to see results. You're promising like right. a result from something. Right. It's not like perfume where it's not about a result. It's just like, <laughs> do you like the smell? Right. Like, does it appeal to your lifestyle, to your personality, to your aspirations? You have a product that is about results. And so showing those like before and after, as soon as you get your samples back from your lab, you know, all the testing is done. Then you want to start finding people that are willing to try it out and then document their journey so that you can show that in your socials, which by oh, the way, yeah. you can also repurpose into your emails too. True. Those true. before and after pictures. Okay. Like, Always repurpose. You don't have to reinvent the wheel (laughs) for every channel. Repurpose. Yes. (laughs) Repurpose your content. You post it on Instagram. Now you can put it in an email because not everyone's going to see it in the one place. Right. So, Jamila, thank you for coming on the podcast today. And thank you for your time. And I look forward to seeing the evolution of your brand. And as we get closer to launch in the fall, right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Sandra. Thank you. Hi, Irene. Welcome to the No Paleta podcast. Thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be here today. So if you could turn back the time, what do you wish you had done differently at the beginning stages pre-launch that could be beneficial for someone like me to know to prepare myself? Well, in my case, I was making the products myself. So I wish I would have started sooner to look for manufacturing partners because it took me like a whole year to find them. And I was so busy making the product to my point, right. That I'm trying to tell you about once you're in it and it's like launched, it's a moving wheel. So you're going to have less time than you do now. And so I wish that I had started to look for manufacturing partners sooner because it was so hard to keep up with the demand, but you're not in that boat. You're not also making the shampoo bars. Are you? I am. Okay. So you're also in that boat. I am. Okay. So then that's a question that you need to ask yourself. Because by the way, and I've said this before in the podcast, Mm -hmm. you can be a manufacturer and you can run the business. They are two jobs. So this is not like a bad or good, right? This is like a decision that you make. I have worked for two different brands that both are their own manufacturers. High Bar being one of them. They make their own shampoo bars in-house because they couldn't find anyone to make their formula. Okay. That's the route they chose. This means that they have lots of employees, right? They're running a warehouse. They're running a factory, Van Leeuwen ice cream was another one. They make their own ice cream. They have a factory. They have a plant manager. They have a lot of things that go into running your own GMP, good manufacturing practice facility. That's a whole other thing than being able to just place a purchase order with a contract manufacturer. It's something to think about soon, you know, so that you know, like, where are you trying to go? What are you going to do next? Because right now, here's the analogy I always draw. I'm a mom. I have a 15-year-old daughter. When I was pregnant and when most women who are pregnant for the first time, all they're thinking about is the birth. And then that birth happens and it's one day of your life. And now you have a child for the rest of your life. So right now you're focused on the launch and you're focused on like, what do I need to do to launch? Mm -hmm. But once you launch, that launch is one day of your life, Irene. And now you have a business that has launched 
what does this business look like next year? What does it look like in two years? Mm-hmm. And if you want to do everything yourself, then you're, you can't scale yourself that way. You're just one person, right? Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? Do you see yourself, like when you close your eyes and you envision your business, do you envision having your own plant that has a plant manager that has multiple employees that's doing that? Or do you envision, you know, you've hired people to manufacture. You cannot be pouring the shampoo bars yourself in three years, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you envision that you're going to work with a manufacturer? Have you thought about this? I have, yeah. In fact, I had started, you know, looking into co-packing options. Navigating that is a whole thing in itself. Yes. I mean, that could be another question for you. You know, I know you said that it took you about a year to find them. Like, how many did you have to go through until you found the one that worked for you. And what's your advice on looking for a co-packer? Yeah. You know, I have some links at the bottom of my website, happy, H-A-P-P-I.com is a manufacturing database. That's where I start to look. I looked at trade magazines. I looked at soap blogs, people that make their own soap. And I literally asked everywhere that I could. I looked at every magazine, every website, all the places. And I called every single one until I found someone that said yes, that they could make the soap how I made it. So it's not about like how many did I call. It's more about the effort Mm -hmm. that I put forth until I got what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And again, you have to put yourself in like fast forward six months from now, Irene, and you're now you are a business. You have a website. People are ordering. You're making the shampoo bars. You're doing the shipping. When in that are you going to have time to look for co-packers? Okay. So what advice can you give me on a post-launch strategy? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. The best advice that I can give you is that the key is going to be planning. So what do I mean by that? I mean, you cannot take the picture today to post it on your Instagram today. And that is not a sustainable method. You cannot write the email today that you're going to send to your email list today. So planning, pre-planning in advance, in other words, advanced planning everywhere is going to be the only way you're going to keep your sanity at this stage. This is why I'm saying build those email flows now. Don't wait until you have 10,000 people on your email list to build those flows. Build them now. Build everything like it's going to happen. Buy the shipping materials now, like those orders are going to come. You don't need to buy you know, a warehouse full, but have them on hand, be ready. I can't tell you how many times I went to go print a label from my printer and the ink was out because I didn't buy enough ink. I didn't buy a backup set. And then, you know, with your social strategy, again, plan for the month. You know, when is your actual launch date? March 23rd. Okay. So March 23rd. So you should be posting now, right, to lead up. Mm -hmm. You know, I call this the tasty drip. So getting people excited, getting people interested, like intriguing. You know, I want to say this next thing to you because you're also the maker, And because of the way that you introduced your brand in the beginning to me of what its benefits are, please remember that your customers are not formulators. We as founders, especially those that are making our own product, we have what I call the curse of knowledge. We know everything about how our product is made, how all the benefits of the ingredients, nobody knows what that means. So the way that you talk to your fans is like, you need to talk to them, how it's just going to benefit them, like in very simple terms. So you're going to be posting all leading up to the launch. And then you should already have the next 30 days of your social planned out. So I use later.com. Some people use Hootsuite. I don't know what else other people use, but later.com has always worked for us. If you want to use your Google calendar, if you want to use an Excel spreadsheet, but you need to plan out what are the posts, what are the captions, what is the call to action? All of these things are planned out in advance. You know, the way that you can think about it is 
again, this always goes back to like, what is your brand about? What are your core values? What are you really selling? Because again, as a formulator, I know for a fact that 80% of beauty products are mostly the same. Let's be honest. It's all about the brand. So pulling people into your brand, otherwise you're pulling people into a commodity. People don't get excited about an ingredient, right? No one is like, I love Oatly because it's it's oats, right? They like Oatly because it's fun, it's quirky, they like how it looks. Over the other oat milk brands that are on the market, a brand speaks to people. My favorite mm-hmm. example is the water category, right? Mm-hmm. If you're on my newsletter list, you, yeah. you saw this, I talked about this. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between Evian and essential water? It's water, right? So people are attracted to the brand, mm-hmm. you know, that pulls them in first. So what I'm saying is going back to your social calendar, think about like four things, four different kind of like silos, of things that are important for you to communicate. Maybe it's Ayurveda. Maybe it's zero waste. Maybe it is the benefit of one particular ingredient, right? Maybe it's culture, whatever it is. And then literally, like you can use color coding and you talk about like spread those things out throughout the month so that you're always touching on all those points. And then you just literally fill in the gaps every month. So in March, you're going to have, let's say four posts that talk about Ayurveda, four posts that talk about you know, zero waste, four posts, t- whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These are the pillars that you're always touching on and you're just filling in the blanks. And that's how you know what to take pictures of. That's how you know what you need to fill into your marketing calendar. And then, you know, are you going to do other things like a blog post on your website? Those things also tie in, right? So when you look at our marketing calendar, it has like many different levels. There's social posting, there's blog posts, there's like marketing events and all of them tie together right? Like March is Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. Are you going to talk about that? But again, all of that requires advanced planning because otherwise you will always feel like you're drowning because you're like, oh my God, tomorrow is International Women's Day. Let me quickly come up with something. No, that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So what is my advice to you for post-launch is advanced planning for everything. Okay. Thank you so much, Sandra. Thank you so much. This was very helpful. Okay, good. Hey, Crystal, welcome to the No Love podcast. It's good to see you. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. So excited to be here. Awesome. I'm excited to learn more about what you're up to with your company. So why don't you just ask away, shoot away what's going on? I was wondering about influencer and ambassador programs and if they're beneficial for all types of businesses. And since there are different types, if you think they're Mm -hmm. beneficial. Yes, this is a big question. I think everyone's asking influencers, do they still work? Is it still relevant? I think that what I'm seeing, the trend is definitely towards micro influencers. If you were to get a really famous celebrity, everyone knows that's a celebrity that's getting paid to market your brand and nothing wrong with that, but we trust it less, you know, as opposed to people who are just what they call a micro influencer, like someone who just has power within their local circle, within their local community. So I think it is important, like word of mouth, really what you're trying to get is like word of mouth marketing. You're trying to get other people to talk to their friends about your brand Mm -hmm. and word of mouth marketing still. And I think I'm going to knock on wood will always be a really strong marketing channel. We Mm -hmm. always trust people that we know or the people that we respect or admire first. And this is also where like you hosting workshops and events and just connecting more with your community and with your customers, you're going to find those people there. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily look far and wide to find influencers. You can start to poll people like in your Instagram stories or on your email list. Like we're looking to collaborate with people within our community that want to share our brand with their community and with their followers. If that applies to you, click this link and apply. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you send them free product and then you have to manage that relationship, obviously. So that's also a job, by the way. 
(laughs) (laughs) So adding to the jobs that you already do, which is like you do 10 jobs, this would be another job, or this is what you could use an intern for as well. Yeah. Like get an intern (laughs) to help you manage a partnership intern, you know, that could like manage these relationships. And, you know, I have two people on my marketing team and we could probably have more because they're both doing a lot. So never underestimate the amount of time and energy that it takes to get something done. But I think that it is important, mostly because it's just about connection. But did you have questions specifically about programs or platforms or just like in general? I'm wondering about programs where I know you have affiliate links and what you see more beneficial, I guess, between the affiliate links and when you have ambassadors. And when Mm -hmm. you have an ambassador, when you're sending them the products, are you also giving them like a code and paying them? So we used to do this very manually at Nopalera. Our community manager had a spreadsheet (laughs) where she was (laughs) keeping track of everyone and like having to manually go and check their accounts to see like, were they posting? Were they doing what they said they would do when they signed up? And that's very time consuming. So now we pay money for a platform. We use Grin currently for a platform to manage the tracking so that Mm -hmm. Edith is not manually going to, you know, a hundred people's Instagram accounts and seeing what they (laughs) posted, right. Or searching by hashtag. So the problem with those platforms is that they're just really expensive and I'm waiting for someone to come out with a better option (laughs) (laughs) because they're all expensive, like tribe dynamics, Grin, those are the kind of the two big ones. It manages everything. So it gives them their code. It helps them order their product. It tracks whether sales have happened through their code. It pays them out. Like all of those things is managed through the platform. So that's what you're paying for. But if you only have a few people, then it's like really expensive. You know, it's like, it's better if you have like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people, you know, then to make it worth it. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's also a beauty founder. And she was saying that she doesn't feel like influencer marketing is like going anywhere, like shopping with a code. Like, do people still want to do that? We're seeing sales happen, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely like a numbers game. Like you have to get more people into the program to like really see the revenues really make an effect on your revenue. So what I used to do when it was just me. So when I was in your position where I was doing like all the 10 jobs, Mm-hmm. I just went live on Instagram or, you know, and I was like, hey, I'm looking for 12 people yeah. that, you know, are interested in being ambassadors. Please sign up through the link in the whatever. Right. And I did. I got like 12 people. And even managing 12 people, to be honest with you, was a lot because I was in your position where I was like <laughs> making the soap, doing this, doing like doing mm-hmm. all the things. And even that was hard. So I would just if you want to start small, you can try it out like doing it that way. Yeah. But ultimately, what you're trying to do is just create a community of people yeah. that are like super fans that want to share it with their friends too. So for your programs, do you just have a cycle or is it continual? It used to be a cycle. Now it's continual. So it used to be like come in for three months, but then that became more to manage like, okay, mm-hmm. tracking. Okay. When did you come into the program? Okay. Now, <laughs> so now you're like, you're done. Like now we can bring in more people. Mm-hmm. So it became more to manage to keep track of that. So now we're just adding people. So you can leave whenever you want, but we're always adding people. And like, so there's like a number that Edith, our community manager, is trying to hit every month to get more people in. Okay. And they sign a contract with you? Yeah, it's pretty much like these platforms have all of that built in. So again, it's like, it takes the load off you to have to to do all of that. But we certainly set up what the parameters are of like expectations. Mm -hmm. And obviously you have to, if people are going to be out there talking about your brand, you want to make sure that they understand what your brand is about. So this is where you have like, what are your values? What do you stand for? 
making sure that people are talking about your brand in the correct way that you want it to be talked about. Yeah. And things that you say, things that you don't say, you know, we're not going to post any naked pictures of you holding our candle. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For example. So yeah, you want to have all of that like outlined. It does take time to like get off the ground, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So, but it sounds like you have a lot going on and that's great that like you're at the place where you do need help, right? That means that you have a business, right? <laughs> it's like you need help because it's growing and you know that the only way you're going to get to the next level is like, to really bring in more people and like do new things. And that's great that you're doing that. Thank you. When you were reaching out to people to carry your products, did you ever feel uncomfortable with like sending out that email or reaching out? Because sometimes I feel uncomfortable. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the answer is no, because I have a long history. Like before I started Nopaleta, I was a musician and I used to book my own tours. So I have like over a decade of experience of sending cold emails being like, hey, my band, <laughs> do you have room for us? I'd yeah. like to book a show and getting ignored. And so I really got to flex my rejection muscle. And then it wasn't until I would say like in the last five years or so that I really more than that, like last six, seven years where I really got to, I flipped the script in my head. It was no longer about me. So when you're writing to people, you're writing on behalf of your brand. You're writing on behalf of the company. So when someone is saying no, or they're rejecting you, they're not rejecting you. It is absolutely not personal. It is literally, you have to make it not about you. Yeah. Give yourself a different name if you have to, to step into a different <laughs> role. Like mm -hmm. act as a sales rep. Because your sales rep, if you were going to hire an external person, they're not going to take it personally because it's not their name. It's, they didn't build the brand. Their job is to go out and get business. Mm -hmm. So that's the way you have to flip it. You can even write almost like in third person. Like you don't have to write like, hi, I'm the owner of blah, blah, blah. You can just say, hi, I'm from Nopalera. I don't have to say I'm the founder. Yeah. I'm the owner. Mm -hmm. This is my baby. You don't have to go down mm -hmm. that road. You can just say, yeah. I'm so-and-so from so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Writing to see if, if you're interested in you know X, Y, and Z. So... That's like the switch that you have to do in your brain to make it. I do send things out and I've been thinking about how I have to get used to being uncomfortable because it's okay to be uncomfortable and I shouldn't just try to make that feeling go away, but feel comfortable mm -hmm. with being uncomfortable. Yes, it's so true. I was just telling someone the other day, you can choose comfort or you can choose courage. You can't have both. <laughs> Thank you. You know, yes. Mm -hmm. And most people want to stay comfortable, which is why they just stay where they are. Yeah. You know, it's we want to feel secure. We don't want to put ourselves out there. We don't want to be rejected. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a very like human, like our brains are wired to keep us safe. But you're trying to grow a business, you yes. know. So and I applaud you for putting yourself out there and being courageous and sending out those emails and asking all of these questions. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for being here with us. Remember to leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening from. Spread the word so we can impact and grow the community. If you are an entrepreneur looking for more real talk and resources, you can join my entrepreneurial newsletter from my personal website, sandralilevelasquez.com. But also visit nopalera.co to pick up your favorite self-care items for yourself and your loved ones. Join the Nopaleta mailing list to be the first to hear about new products, exclusive promos, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at nopalera.co. Stay resilient. <laughs>